So, so you're writing for Google and having unique content is relevant to Google. It is. In so fact, if I just repost a, a cut and paste, Google will know. Oh, that that's was, bad. That's really bad. Yeah. So Google actually can penalize copied content. Hmm. There's a lot of copied content. So one is Google doesn't want plagiarized sites. So there is in a lot of instances where, where people are grabbing content and putting it on their site, they might even get permission from that other practice, mm. but it's still plagiarized or copied content, and it can get flagged by Google, and then Google might not rank your site. How would Google know whether or not that's plagiarized or copied content versus sort of pre-populated, automatic, like like you said, kind of in-the-box solution. But they're considered... They don't care. No, it's almost considered the same. So templated and and copied is kind of the same. Is that not right, Kevin? Yeah, just citations. So if you're... A lot of optometry sites will be... The content will be, uh, you know, actually licensed from a major source. And so they'll give citation links back to that main source, which is good credit. Right. But there's no unique content on that website. So when... Google is putting together the best rankings. They're looking at who's going to provide the best user experience for, in this case, patients that are looking. And if four different optometry practices all say the same thing in the area, how do they know who to put up ahead of the others? Mm -hmm. So if somebody else is um, taking the time to write unique, rich, relevant content, Google goes, well, that's probably a better experience because this is different and unique. And so then they they help show it to the top. Mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to the Chris Roll Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Trudy Charade and Kevin Wilhelm with Marketing for ECPs. We had a great conversation about common things to look for in marketing in your practice, as well as common mistakes that we're making in our practices. Please enjoy our conversation. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. We've been providing myopia control treatments in our practice for years. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, CooperVision has received FDA approval of its innovative MySight one-day contact lens. This will be the cornerstone of a comprehensive myopia management approach to be offered by CooperVision. This daily wear, single-use contact lens is the first and only FDA-approved product clinically proven to slow the progression of myopia when initially prescribed for children 8 to 12 years old and when compared to children in the control group wearing a single-vision one-day contact lens. Check out the show notes for all the specific prescribing details and to get more information about this lens and how you can begin to offer it in your practice. So, um, so I think one of the things that I think was interesting to, to kind of have you on and talk about was what you see in the optometric marketing space that doctors could really improve upon. So, um, so I, I guess probably, Trudy, what would be really good is give us a little bit of background on your company as we just discussed. And then let's kind of find areas where you think there's tons of opportunity for optometrists in their practice to do a better job with their marketing. So go ahead, Trudy. Yeah, great. Um, well, a little history on marketing for ECPs is we started the agency in 2015. Um, it's it's an interesting story. So um, I come from the eye care background. My business partner, Kevin, who's here, who's going to chat as well, um, comes from the marketing background. And so Kevin already had a digital agency, but focused in a different industry. And I was working as the VP of training and marketing for an optometry buying group and was really looking for a different solution for marketing other than kind of the typical templated marketing options available. And 
when I say templated, I mean, you know, templated websites, so not very custom, templated, you know, content, so not written specifically for the practice and their specific, um, you know, medical services and and in medical niches. Can, can patients tell that right away where they come to a site and they can tell whether the content is original to that business? Or Well, I wouldn't say necessarily the patient knows any difference, but Google does. Hmm. And so, so, well, Google, when somebody's doing a search, let's say they're typing in optometrists, you know, Los Angeles, what happens is Google is trying to to give the best result for that search. And so what it's doing is it's scraping and scrolling sites and it's it's looking at the content to figure out if this is an expert in that particular search. And so a lot of the content we do, it's written for Google. It, it is written for the patient and it is written in a way that is engaging to the patient, but uh, in a lot of cases we're writing for Google. Is that because the reality is most patients aren't spending a lot of time like actually reading the articles on the page? They're, they're basically <laughs> it is true. using Google to, to give you street cred. Yeah. The articles have to be at least, they have to give you information, but they're not going to spend the time to read through a high, uh, an entire five to 10 minute read on an article. Yeah. So what happens is, you know, we do a lot of user data. So we're tracking what what happens when a consumer lands on an, an optometry website. And you're absolutely right. Like they don't necessarily go and read all this information on dry eye. They might read bits and they skim it or they look at headlines. Um, but what they're really interested in is images, pictures, brands, book appointment, you know, finding that quick information of what they want to do. And so, yes, the content surprisingly you know, because we go through this all the time with optometry practices, they're so passionate about what they want to say, and the patients really aren't reading a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so you're writing for Google, and having unique content is relevant to Google. It is, in so fact. If I just repost a, a cut and paste, Google will know. Oh, that that's that was, bad. That's really bad. Yeah. So Google actually can penalize copied content. Hmm. There's a lot of copied content. So one is Google doesn't want plagiarized sites. So there is in a lot of instances where where people are grabbing content and putting it on their site. They might even get permission from that other practice, mm. but it's still plagiarized or copied content and it can get flagged by Google and then Google might not rank your site. How would Google know whether or not that's plagiarized or copied content versus sort of pre-populated automatic like like you said, kind of in-the-box solution. But they're considered... They don't care. No, they're, it's almost considered the same. So right. templated and, and copied is kind of the same. Is that not right, Kevin? Yeah, just citations. So if you're... A lot of optometry sites will be... The content will be uh, you know, actually licensed from mm -hmm. a major source. And so they'll give citation links back to that main source, which is good credit. Right. But there's no unique content on that website. So when... Google is putting together the best rankings. They're looking at who's going to provide the best user experience for, in this case, patients that are looking. And if four different optometry practices all say the same thing in the area, how do they know who to put up ahead of the others? Mm -hmm. So if somebody else is um, taking the time to write unique, rich, relevant content, Google goes, well, that's probably a better experience because this is different and unique. And so then they, they help show it to the top. Hmm. So then with, with you all, you're, you would take over. So uh, your business would take over that for, say, my business. That's right. Yes. We handle everything. So when an optometry practice comes to us, 
We do everything from branding, which logo design, even helping come up with names. Sometimes it's like Dr. You know, uh, Wolf's optometry practice, and they want to switch that to something a little bit more scalable, maybe right. have multiple locations. So we'll help them come up with names in some cases, logo, and then we start with a website design, content, imagery, ads, Google search, SEO, YouTube, social media, email marketing, we do it all. Mm -hmm. So we really are that one-stop uh, partner for our clients. Sounds and, expensive. And customized. <laughs> and well, no, I make that point yeah. because that's what that's what the listeners are going to think. It's like, oh, man, how am I going to afford this? So, yeah, so, so, it's, so it's, about that. Yeah, it's a la carte. And so the way that our program works is we have a membership model. So it starts with a website. We know that it's, it's think of a hub and spoke. That every form of advertising, every form of communication always comes back to the website. 90% of consumers will go to a website to look for something, whether it's driving directions, hours of operation, and there they're going to come up with an impression about your company. So partly why we design websites uniquely for our customers is we want to show the unique experience they're going to get when they walk in. When you use the same image for, again, four or five of your competitors on the same street, how does the, how does the patient know what they're going to expect when they come in. It's right. very commoditized. And you asked earlier, um, what can practices be doing better? And it really comes down to differentiating themselves in the market. The optometry industry has a commoditization problem that people are making choices based on price and convenience. Well, yeah. somebody can always go cheaper. We've seen that with online. Yep. And you can become more convenient, again, with online or somebody can open a practice closer to their home. So in order to really survive and thrive, we want to help our clients push what makes them different. And a lot of times they struggle with knowing that story. And so we kind of really bring that out of them. And a lot of it, it's the staff they hire. It's the type of exams. It's the type of products, the services. Um, there are always unique attributes of why patients choose a practice and why they choose them again. So we like to pull that out and then use that as their story that we help tell through social media, through email, through advertising is to really set them apart and be different. Yeah. So with, so there's two parts, right? As I understand it, you know, I, I am no, in no realm of, of wanting to understand too much about like the details, but understanding the differences in general. So there's this sort of blend between like, do you do uh, Google marketing? Do you do Facebook marketing? Do you do uh, SEO? Is that better? So it sounds like you have uh, an approach that blends all of those to, to different situations. Well, what's interesting when you say that is, you know, one of the things I think we do really well is we don't just tell you these are all your options for marketing. We get to know your practice. So the first thing that I do, because I'm often the first one meeting with a practice owner, is I get to, I ask them a bunch of questions. I want to know a little bit about your practice. So I want to know, you know, how long you've you've been practicing because a cold start is so different than a really established practice with a patient base. And then I want to know what you're doing that's different. Are you, you know, investing in dry eye? Are you, are you doing myopia management? And because those are the kind of things that number one, we can really take to the next level as far as differentiating you. But there's also specific marketing that works for specific objectives. So, um, Facebook ads, as an example, were great to really, you know, tell the story of dry eye and dry eye management because people don't know they have dry eye. And so what we're doing is a lot of symptom-based marketing where if you need patient acquisition, so 
if you have holes in your schedule, the best thing for you to do, and hands down the easiest way for us to grow your practice, is to fill the holes. And what's the best way to do that? Google advertising. Hmm. Because you're going after the consumer who is actively searching for an eye care provider, and you're putting an ad in front of them. And so specific marketing can really work for specific objectives, and not everything needs to get done for for your practice. And so if people are telling you you need SEO or you need to do Google advertising, it really has to be based on your specific practice and the goals of the practice. Yeah. So what we do is we we actually ask those questions. What is the goal? What do you what does success look like in three years and in one year? And we put together quarterly marketing plans to achieve that one year target. And we know things change. You get a new associate the world shuts down. We know that uh, you know priorities change in an instant. So we really look at 90 days at a time and say, what are your objectives and your goals in the next 90 days? Right now might be patient acquisition. We're going to turn on Google advertising. We'll try to fill your schedule. All of a sudden, you lose an associate. I have, I, I have. I, that's not my issue. I actually need to hire somebody before. And so we switch the advertising to more of a branding play, trying to increase the average patient value by mm-hmm. having them come in and buy multiple pairs rather than just try to go in through Google advertising and have someone new come in, we want to start email marketing and social media marketing and talking to the the patients that are already there. So having that approach allows us to tailor the programs based on goals, but also budget. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it sounds expensive. Well, we do have practices that invest in everything, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have some that just have a website and some advertising where they have just social media. So Based on where the practice is and its life cycle, its goals, its budgets, we build a program around that. And you'll be able to track that. So like every quarter, you're saying, look, I know that that we had this many clicks through on this. And can you even get down to the point where you have this click and then this patient acquisition? Can you be that granular as opposed to saying, well, if you acquire that, you have this click through and then you acquire that patient, there's sort of some wiggle room. Maybe you acquire 40% on average. Can you? How specific can you be? So we do use some averages. Uh, so typically, you know, it's it's called attribution, which is what we really try to nail down. Uh, we can tell which advertising medium brought in phone calls. We can listen to those phone calls, and often we do, and we evaluate how many of those booked an appointment. Mm-hmm. What we uh, don't do is close the loop on did that patient actually show up right. and spend money. So we make the assumptions that if somebody's booked an appointment. Your, your show rate is you know 75% plus. Uh, we know the average patient value from the practice, they'll provide that. So we can do a pretty strong return on investment calculation with yeah. them. We like to do that monthly, but different um, methods, different advertising uh, opportunities have different ROI patterns. So SEO, there is some ROI early, but really don't realize the ROI for a year, but it's an ROI forever because as soon as you start ranking higher and higher on Google for various pages, you don't have to spend any money advertising and marketing. You can just, the patient flow is coming. Whereas with Google advertising, I pay $5 for a click. Somebody calls me, they come in. There's a, there's a direct ROI that we can make um, in that month. Yeah. And it's pretty fast. I mean, SEO is more long-term play where Google ads can be almost, as soon as we launch them, the phones can start ringing. Right. They can work that fast. Uh, you kind of started talking a little bit about investment already and cost and um, you know, when we started this agency, we knew we're not going to be the the low cost provider, but we also like we are not by any means uh, crazily priced for what you get. And the biggest, I think, you know, epiphany that I tried to share with practice owners is the fact that I love the data because the data will prove to us whether it's working. And 
not everything works. So everything works differently in different geographies. So what we have to spend on Google ads in downtown Brooklyn is completely different from a rural location. And often we get super good results in rural because there's less competition, but almost everyone realizes an ROI, a return on investment. Um, We don't have anybody that at least isn't paying for their marketing in return mm-hmm. in booked patients and in increased revenue. Um, but we are often seeing much more three times return on investment in some rural locations. We see 10 times return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the thing I love about digital marketing is we can truly yeah, so see that yeah. where traditional marketing, you just can't. Yeah. Um, and then we are known to shift and move. If something like, if Google ads are not performing the way we wanted to in a certain geography, we're like, let's change this, change this up. Let's try something else. Um, and that's, that's the power of data. Yeah. 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 So then when you think about, um, let's take kind of an average independent practice that's doing like a decent job. They've got a website that they're maintaining. Um, and they, let's say they, they're, they're growing. Um, they have some open slots. But they're not so concerned about growing a kind of a any old patient throughout the, the you know throughout the practice, right? They just don't want to do a managed vision care patient that mm-hmm. you know for whatever reason they want a patient that is is generating a higher revenue uh, or has a specific need. What does that plan look like? Yeah, so it's one of the first questions we ask is we ask the practice owner to picture their ideal patient, who's the one, and you, everyone knows who that person is. The way you wish you could fill your entire practice around that one person. And we ask all the questions about them. How old are they? What's their name? What car do they drive? What is their shopping habits? What's their family like? And we build a persona around that. Now, sometimes it's not just one. There's a few different personas. You have a dry persona. You have a family practice persona. So we'll really look at three, uh, you know, not more than three, but one to three. And then when we are building a website, we like to put people that look like that on websites. We like to do advertising, so it starts attracting the right type of people. So if you're looking at, I want to sell a lot of sunglasses to kind of that 25 to 32 active, um, you know, like athlete, then that's what we build the website around. Is a lot of imagery around that, and you show if you're on uh, the coast, we show oceans and we show surfing, and you show that kind of lifestyle that you know healthy eyes allow you to live this lifestyle, and so you start building all of your imagery, your strategy around attracting that ideal patient. And as you launch maybe a dry eye campaign, we know we're looking at a 45-year-old female, somewhere in that range. So the ads just change. The campaign, the targeting changes. So you're attracting the right person for that uh, you know, that, that strategy. Yeah, and then once you move yeah. on from that, so once you build that part of what you want, and now the next thing might be myopia management, you just do the same thing. That's well, right. And you don't, you don't have to back off of the other. It already yeah. still exists. But now we're going to grow another piece of it. And speaking of like the medical niches right now, that's one of our huge focuses um not not just because we like we do believe that it could be really the future of optometry is diversifying your your revenue and growing these new niches but they are such better patients to attract where more loyal they spend more money i mean if you treat dry their severe dry eye i mean they're staying with you forever well i think the biggest thing is not even i mean really it's not even so much to me about the like when i think about it it's not about the money per se what it, what it's about is is this idea that you know if if all if if all I am to a patient is like I was just the easiest to get into and I kind of ranked high on Google and I'm on their plan like 
I'm not probably the best person for them because then the next person that ranks high on Google is going to be the next place they go. What I really want is I want a patient that understands our philosophy, that understands like what we're trying to do in our practice. And, uh, and that's what they want. And so, yes, if I treat their severe dry eye or I, or I treat their mild dry eye, it doesn't matter. Like they, they have come in and they've decided like, this is what I want. And I think that's what's really helpful is to be able to say, like, I don't want to, I want to tailor my messaging so I get the right patient in the door as opposed to a patient in the door. And, you're, and to me, that's where the value of that content comes in. And so if you're using licensed content or templated content, you're not telling your story. You're telling a story. Whereas everything you just said, I want a patient to come in because they follow our process and they believe in what you believe in. You have to say that. And that's the about us page. That's your homepage. That's the main hero uh, you know, tagline that you're going to use in your advertising, on your website, in the emails, the social media strategy, all that has to be tailored around. You're speaking to that exact patient you want to come in and you're putting a message out there, hoping that those people will find it and come in because they're searching for people that believe in what you believe in, right? That, that's, that's really where marketing works, especially in healthcare is you're trying to sell your story to connect with people that believe it. Like you are the perfect type of practice we love to work with because um, we have so much more of a story to tell than just an eye exam. And, and not that that's important and not that we don't do sure, that. Sure. We work with a lot of practices that are really primary care only. Um, but when we start to tell a bigger story, so, you know, the thing I love is we build what I call the sports car of relation or of websites. And it's because, you know, we build it so robust and with so many, so much good content, it is, you know, built to rank on Google. It is SEO optimized, but it's also a lot of what you want to tell your patients. So we, we build pages on your dry eye. We'll even build out a full page. Like, so if you get a new IPL machine, we're building a page on that and telling the story of what IPL is and what it does. And we are the only agency out there that's really investing in growing these medical niches. Um, it started years ago when a couple of our first practices that we were working with, the really progressive ones, um, the first one was vision therapy and you know, that practice owner taught us too how mm-hmm. we could help grow this through their website, through their social media, through, you know, the referral base that we had to to go to to get, you know, a patient in the door. Because marketing's medical niches are not the typical marketing. We just talked about it, is most dry eyes diagnosed in the chair. So people aren't searching for dry eye. Right. So how do we get people to book dry eye is we teach them that those red eyes, those sore eyes, those irritated eyes could be dry eye. Blurry vision. Right. Yeah. So it it strikes me as a couple, a couple things. First is that um, it probably the questions you're asking, generally speaking, if you don't have a good assessment of your own business, like principles and purpose would make it challenging to ask those questions. So a lot of the things that you're getting at will help people just in general identify their their purpose better, clarify it. And then secondly, um, have you had have you ever kind of provided some additional like business consultations for these new startups that you may be working with where you where you're saying, look, you're what you're going to grow right now, you can grow a whole bunch of new patients but how do you grow those patients so that the ones you really want over time? He's good at answering this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we do. Because um, you sort of reap what you sow. And so I see all the time where I see practices that they come in 
And they just, and it's understandable. It's a brand new practice. You want every single person that you can possibly have. And then you're beating your head against the wall in five years because you have every single person that, that you can possibly have. And none of them are the type of patient that you really want to see. Right. And that's where building a brand is really important. And, you know, it's an intangible thing when you talk about building a brand, but it's how you answer the phone. It's the, what's, what, your, what your practice looks like. Um, all of that is, it's all ingredients in putting together a really good, uh, I keep going back to the word story, but even out of the gates, you have a great opportunity to set the stage from day one saying, this is the ideal patient I want and build your practice around them. Interview them, ask them, why did you choose me? Why, you know, why are you choosing to come back? And really keep focusing and building your business process. Like tangibly write it into your into your process documentation when you hire somebody. This is what we do every time. And if we talk about dry eye, everybody in the practice has to be able to speak at a certain competency about what dry eye is. If you're known for carrying the you know the the most unique frames, then everybody has to understand the frame lines and why do you carry them? Not just we carry them because you want them. Why did you choose to carry this frame line? Uh, and what's the story behind it? So I think that building up a company needs to be around an ideal customer base and every single thing you do purposely has to be that way. For us, you know, Trudy mentioned, you could be a, a great, uh, you know, you could be the ideal customer for us. And part of how we reach them is through education, is that we want, we want customers that are actively investing in their business, understanding, attending vision expos, they're attending education courses, uh, the practice management ones, because they want to run a better practice. And so we do a lot of education to try to marry our beliefs with our ideal customers, which are the ones that actually care about providing you know, just a better service, growing a better uh, practice to help more people. So um, last two questions, because I'll be respectful of your time. The first is, um, Tell us kind of if you have one big mistake that you see people making, what's the big mistake? And maybe it's more than one, but like what's the one mistake we shouldn't make that we're making in general right now? Yeah. Uh, well, to me, it's the people aren't looking at marketing as a competitive difference and they're not funding it enough and they're not putting enough time and energy into it. So it it becomes the thing that they don't have time for. And so they they treat their website as just an expense that they buy off the shelf and go, I'll never look at it again. And they just be, just focus on, on eye care where marketing, we're very biased in this because this is what we do, but yeah. invest in telling your story, build your practice around your ideal patient and make sure the world knows it. And so look at every way that you can get out and actually communicate that. It could be a street sign. Think about the words that go on that street sign to get the right person in, not just sale, like really put your brand message into every communication point you have and, and, and try. I think that's the, the biggest issue is that people are, aren't trying. They're kind of just, they're okay to let the world happen to them and what's mm -hmm. happening in the industry. And I think they have to put effort into understanding where their business is today, where it can be. There's a lot of successful optometry practices that just approach it differently with intent and purpose. So I think that's the biggest mistake. Last question then, where can people find find you? <laughs> yeah, our website's marketing4ecps.com. Uh, Trudy is extremely accessible and the queen of LinkedIn. <laughs> so you can uh, search for Trudy. There's only one Trudy in Trudy uh, Charest. Trudy Charest. <laughs> um, the, the one thing I just want to add to before we wrap up is 
that the mistake that I think everybody's making, Kevin sort of alluded it to, but is that they don't invest enough in marketing. Um, we see it every day is, you know, a bit of sticker shock when we start to say, we want you to spend $500 a month. We want you to spend $1,000 a month on Google and, and then add Facebook advertising. Um, but we try to wrap the thought process around the fact that it should get you three times return on your investment. So spend a dollar, get back three. That's a pretty good deal. But most are are scared to invest. And so my suggestion is always like work with somebody who is working with hundreds of other practices and getting the results already. Um, because there's no way they would continue to work with us if we're not getting them the results. Yeah. So yes, um, marketing for ACPs, we love to do free, you know, uh, consultations and audits and you know there's no high pressure we'll just show you what's happening and you can decide if it's something you want to do very cool well thanks guys for doing this yeah, I appreciate thank it you.